Welcome to Forge Comics. Your one-stop shop for discovering more about comic book characters, stories, and general analysis of these epic tales. So join us on this journey across mediums and multiverses to learn more about the amazing world of comics. I'm Trey. This is Jojo. And I'm Petey. Welcome back, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed a happy 4th of July. Happy birthday to America. And with that, today our discussion is going to be on none other than the various Captain Americas and their roles and kind of do a deep dive on that. So we're pretty excited for today. Um, Let's roll into some comic news. Do you guys have any comic news? um infinite frontier issue number one just came out i read the zero issue a little while ago uh issue number one just came out so i have that on my shelf waiting for me to read but i was too busy researching for this podcast so i wasn't able to read it yet (laughs) for me doing some research leading up to black widow i found that a new comic kind of rebooting the red guardian and a couple of other russian characters is going to drop it's called winter guard And it seems like it's basically the Avengers for Russia, which I don't know how cool that sounds in a vacuum. But then you realize that there's a giant anthropomorphic bear called Ursa Major, and that makes me want to read it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. So we're going to break down the different versions of Captain America and how they teach um, how they each represent different aspects of America. Yeah, and I think off of that, I think the whole point of this that we wanted to kind of talk about, I mean, more just like a character breakdown of each of them. What we want to get into is kind of how they represent America differently. Uh, you'll, we'll find that over time, the the idea of Captain America has obviously uh, progressed a lot. And so we want to kind of compare that to the ideal Captain America, which is Steve Rogers. So we want to take Steve Rogers, kind of examine him in a vacuum, and then compare the other Captain Americas to what was the, the, the standard back in the day. So I think that's kind of where we wanted to take this, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So what we're going to do here is we are going to discuss the Captain Americas as they occurred in Marvel continuity. We're going to start with Steve Rogers, followed by Isaiah Bradley, and then we'll go to John Walker and continue from there. And if that seems a little bit confusing, for example, Isaiah Bradley was created in 2003, but chronologically... Um, came around in the 1940s so we're going to talk about him right after steve rogers cool 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 so i think to start this off uh breaking down of steve rogers for those who you know haven't watched the mcu but if you're listening to our podcast and you haven't watched an mc movie yet i think you're probably a little bit backwards in how you're how you're going about getting involved with comics um uh what do you guys want to say about good old cap the original I think that I've hated it more and more the more I talk to you guys and actually read yeah. comics. Well, I think the problem with me opening up is I don't have a lot good to say, and that's not really like a criticism of Steve as a person, but more of Captain America as a character. He's not he's not a real person. He's very much a caricature, an idealized kind of paragon. And the reason I prefer other characters on this list over Steve is that I don't he doesn't feel real or tangible or uh, or anything of that to that nature. Yeah, I think it's important. I think the Captain America movie does actually does a good job of this because they kind of explain the fact that 
he was a piece of propaganda in the movie, which is definitely a poke at what, when, when he was created in, in real publication. Because when Cap was created, the whole scene, I mean, the first comic, he punches Hitler in the jaw. And so it was very much an enlist in the army and help us fight evil. And so, again, I like what Trey was saying, that he's not necessarily a character in the sense that he's very much an idealized America, um, almost like an Uncle Sam type character where I want you to come and serve America for the better of our country. Um, obviously, he has his ideals that the American way is the best and that um, I can kind of force that on other people. So that's that's kind of the Steve Rogers that I think um, we're looking at, a very idealized America where the American dream is pertinent. Everyone wants to be like him. Everyone, um, he's just a classic American. I think that's probably the best way to look at it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Very black and white. There's no, there's definitely no gray. And I think that's to the point what Trey was saying that um, there's nothing really wrong with him. It's just, you can't really relate to him. It's difficult to relate to him. So, and then tying that back in with what Petey was saying is, it was very much taking the ideologies, especially in the 1940s of America and, you know, just putting it up on a pedestal. And the reason was for morality, right? To get, um, Americans kind of, you know, behind the the um, the war effort and get them kind of gung ho about that um, to boost that morality. Yeah, and I think to, just one other talking point with Steve Rogers that's important. That's why he was created. Um, I just I don't think they've aged him well enough where he's kind of evolved from that. Uh, and I mean, everything that I've read of him. It's still very ideological. Either he's following America and is almost like the dog doing what they say, or you get instances like Civil War where, you know, he's obviously going above them saying he's better. And then you also get stories like Secret Empire where now he's an evil Hydra agent, which was pretty much (laughs) rejected by everyone. But they're just trying to make him evolve, and I I really don't know if they've done it, to be honest. Yeah, even I'll say this. I do want to talk about the United States of Captain America issue that just dropped a couple days ago. I think it came out on June 30th, and it's very much a 4th of July timing thing. And it opens with a kind of very self-aware Captain America sitting on his couch, basically cuddling the, the shield. I'll send you guys a picture so you know what I'm talking about. I'm not even exaggerating that. And he's actually making fun of himself for that scene where he caressed the flag and said, I'm only loyal to the flag, General. Like, he's actually making fun of it. He's literally, like, smacks himself on the forehead and says, I can't believe I said that. Okay, all right. Captain America in 2021 is going to be a little self-aware, but still falls into a lot of the tropes that you guys said where he's very idealized, kind of flawless, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Kind of basic. Kind of like just a basic... Basic white guy from the 40s. <laughs> There's really yeah. not much else to say about him. I mean, I will say I love Chris Evans and the the MCU. I think, I mean, if we talk about like Team Cap or Team Iron Man, I, I, I'm Team Cap all the way for, for that that version of the Civil War. I think Chris Evans does a good job. And back to the self-aware, I mean, in Endgame, we get those kind of times where, you know, he's fighting himself from the past and he says like, oh, I can do this all day. And he's like, sure, you can. You're This is ridiculous. So... I think we're getting there. I think Chris Evans does a good job of bringing him to modernity, but it's just it's the hard best. for me to get there. The most interesting thing Cap did in the MCU was make out with his ex-lover's niece. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was the first time I was like, ooh, 
He is a real person. Because <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> Although, did, I guess he didn't know. Did he know? He kind of knew. He knew. I don't remember chronologically if he knew yet. We'll cut him, so we'll cut him some slack. Chris Evans has earned it. Yeah, he has. Yeah, with with Captain America, I think um, when you mirror his character to kind of this, the ideologies of America, um, you can still pull aspects of it. Like Captain America, Steve Rogers is very much the American pie, the uh, American sport of what was baseball, um, kind of these traditional things that that have that haven't really lived on, especially um, recently, right? With with each society, things evolve, but there will always be people that cling on to traditions and don't want to let those traditions go. Um, and so that's kind of how I see Steve Rogers is is those people that, uh, whether it be out of fear or just out of the, the way they're, they're raised or whatever reason, you can label it whatever you want, but they're, they're very much the, the traditionalists that, that don't want change, that, don't, that want to keep kind of um, things the way they were. Um, and so with each of these characters, as, as we mentioned before, is we'll see that um, there are kind of these underlying and, and, and kind of uh, subjects that we can, we, can, we can see in real life. Um, and so I don't know if you guys want to continue with Steve Rogers, but I think this is a good kind of transition yeah. point to Isaiah Bradley. Cause it is, it is totally in contrast to that American American dream and America's the best and America, you know, we should all get behind America cause it's the greatest country on earth. So in, in contrast to Steve Rogers, and I actually, I actually like this because we will kind of dive into uh, real American history and see how that's reflected through the comics. But Isaiah Bradley um, was capped in the in the 1940s. And as I understand it, PD, you actually just recently read the issues. So if you don't mind giving us a quick recap on that. Yeah, for sure. So um, to give you kind of my background with Isaiah Bradley, I actually found out about him just last year before Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier because I was reading this book called Super Soldiers, which is basically... The story of an it's this author I really like who he he was in the military and then also talks about the the people that um, had served the military and kind of the relationship there and I liked it because I had gotten a lot of characters one of them being Isaiah Bradley um, kind of did the Wikipedia thing then and then with Falcon Winter Soldier with this coming up knowing that we were going to just podcast I wanted to read his main origin uh, the name of the book's called Truth uh, Red White and Black so. Basically, Isaiah Bradley um, was, I mean, typical things you see in the 40s, a black man who was constantly getting discriminated against. Um, he went to a festival and with his, with his wife, who was pregnant at the time, white people hit, on, hit them up then and got mad at them. From there, he ends up getting enlisted in the military and gets enlisted for this program. Um, and it was 300 people, 300 African-Americans were tested on with a new super serum. Um, basically tested on to see if this would work. So he was very mistreated. Um, and throughout these 300, only three of them survived. And so it's him and two other guys who are going about doing these missions that are kind of under the wraps for the U S government. And their general is telling them, you know, you'll be, you'll be very greatly rewarded for doing these sacrifices. And all of them have some, for, some form of deformity due to the serum. 
Um, and it's a very dark comic, to be honest. They, the artwork, they do the artwork as if it were a political cartoon from the 40s. Um, so it's pretty heavy because you're looking at this with the eyes of how political it was. And the fact that it's based off of real events, um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, basically one of the most probably controversial experiments that has happened where they took, you know, 600 African-Americans and they were lied to and experimented on. So it's a real thing in history. And I do think that Isaiah is a great character to discuss for that reason. Yeah. So with that, as I mentioned before, I, I kind of do like this contrast between Steve Rogers and Isaiah Bradley because it shows with Steve Rogers, as I mentioned, it's the, the old kind of traditional, um, uh, American way that everything's perfect and everything's great. And then we have Isaiah Bradley, which PD had mentioned his origins actually based on that Tuskegee syphilis study, um, which is awful. And it, it went on for 40 years and it, it was, I mean, it was ran by the U S public health service and the CDC. So it wasn't, it wasn't just this, this small act. It was, it was, yeah, going on for, for four decades and, ran by massive, massive organizations in in um, the U.S. So with that, I think with Isaiah Bradley and, and seeing kind of or mirroring to, to what we look at as America is this idea that, you know, there's, there's a dark past and, and these things that we shouldn't just, you know, throw under a rug and just kind of hide or, or ignore that these are, these are real issues um, and almost like the real kind of America in a, in a sense, because these are actual historical things that have happened. Um, with that, I think what what's awesome about Marvel is, um, as I was doing my research for Falcon, Sam Wilson, and for Isaiah Bradley, it's kind of cool to see the same theme, one being something that happened in real life and one being the mistake that that marvel maybe did with making sam wilson's origin story very stereotypical and and very racist um but what marvel's done very very well in both of these aspects is embracing embracing the past and using that to tell impactful stories and i think that's that's what's so great about isaiah bradley's story is even though it's very tragic and and very sad um it gives us a chance to to understand the the mistakes that have been made. It gives us a chance to kind of see the the terrible things that have happened, and not just I'm not saying that we accept them, but we acknowledge them. And with it, it's kind of cool because in the story with Isaiah Bradley, um, Steve Roger meets meets Isaiah Bradley in, in the comics, from what I understood. And unfortunately, Bradley is like in this childlike state. Basically, it's like the the effects of the serum give him Alzheimer's and he's just broken and not functioning at all. And Steve Rogers can't do can't do anything. He goes to try to kind of reconcile and, and make up for for what had happened, because at the time, Steve Rogers didn't know, didn't know that this was happening. And I think that's kind of a reflection of 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 what happened historically is what do you do? What do you do for those people that, that went through this study or that have struggled, not just to study, but that have, that have struggled um, during the civil rights era or um, 
the civil rights movement rather um or anything anything dark that has has happened in our histories you know how what will an apology do what will let's say you you pay them like what is money going to do right there's nothing that you can fully do to to make up for that um and i think that 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 was maybe the purpose behind writing that where steve rogers you know going to isaiah bradley and really not being able to do anything at all well as i say steve is just i mean in this instance not an unattainable kind of paragon he really is the majority of us who didn't contribute to these things didn't know about them and yet that doesn't necessarily make us all absolved of any of any guilt you know we may um but but that's how we can all relate to that and how we there's nothing we can do now and we should have tried harder to to seek out these things and seek out these injustices so it is interesting that they're kind of writing that in now as in now as in like what 2003 was when this story kind of was written yeah and I think I, I think the best we can do moving forward is advocate for these groups, advocate for those who are minorities. And, and the very best we can do is make sure nothing ever happens like that again, which is, I think, the resolution that Steve comes to as well. Yeah, and with that, I think one of the craziest things with Isaiah is the moment where he gets put in prison is because he's doing a heroic act. So he reads Captain America comics and goes and steals the Captain America suit because he feels like he deserves to be called a hero. And so he takes that suit and goes and um, basically goes to um, a concentration camp and he goes and frees all the people there. And he tries to save some people who are, you know, some of the Jews that were being burned there. And he goes and does a lot of heroic acts and then the government turns around and throws him in prison. And so, again, I think it shows a very stark contrast between these generals from the 40s who are basically throwing him under the rug and throwing him in prison so no one can find him. And like you are talking about Cap, several decades later, finds out about this and goes to try to reconcile, but isn't able to because it's been too long. So I I think Isaiah Bradley represents, like you are talking about, the, the dark histories of America that we maybe want to hide from, but the sooner we can embrace it and say, okay, how can we ensure it's never going to happen again, the sooner we can kind of move on from them. Um, I think Falcon Winter Soldier does a good job of kind of showing he gets the statue and he gets the reconciliation that in the comic he doesn't get. In the comic, Cap visits his wife and his wife tells him the story of Isaiah because Isaiah is too fragmented to be able to say anything. So, it's... And what's interesting about that is it wouldn't have – this is my, my belief that it wouldn't have really been considered good enough if Isaiah had received some kind of reconciliation in the comics – and had never seen the big screen, in many ways, the MCU and the big screen, or even this, what do they call it, the silver, the small screen? What do they call it when it comes to TV? It's a different term, but that kind of going mainstream is kind of the bar. And so even if they had this amazing story where they did expose the Tuskegee, Tuskegee situation and they did have this whole impactful story, if it never made it to the big screen that would have been kind of a travesty. So it's really, it's not only important that Isaiah Bradley finally got this reconciliation in 2021, but that it happened on the big screen on Disney plus in one of the biggest projects that Marvel's done, because now it's saying, okay, this, the whole world effectively needs to see and hear this story. Whereas 
like you said, I mean, we read a ton of comics. We had you heard of him a year ago. I heard of him like yeah. a month before Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. So effectively, until it hits the big screen, these stories are they're not that important. The comic book reading universe is getting smaller. Yep. And kind of just on a on a I guess a a, a lighter note to to his story. What's kind of cool is even though he's kind of this unheard of of hero and doesn't get the recognition that that he deserves in a lot of the comic series he's kind of considered like this underground legend yeah. for a lot of african-american people in in the marvel universe so like uh malcolm x in uh the marvel universe visits him as well as like richard pryor muhammad ali angela davis nelson mandela and a few others and then there's um Heroes like Black Panther, Luke Cage, Goliath, Monica Rambeau, Storm, and then obviously uh, Sam Wilson as Falcon um, that like really look up to him. I think, in fact, like Luke Cage says like he he's like the first of me because of how similar their obviously their powers are and stuff. And so that's kind of neat is is to be able to see that um, the reconciliation that he may have gotten was through the community uh, of the African-Americans and they, they had someone that they could look up to just like, um, I don't know, other heroes could look up to Steve Rogers, right? So they could relate to Isaiah Bradley in that aspect. Yeah, I honestly think that's probably the perfect way to kind of end off with Isaiah Bradley unless you guys have had some, another point you want to bring up about him. No, I think it's interesting that after Steve and then after Isaiah Bradley, we really had kind of a, obviously the 40 plus year period where Steve was frozen. I don't know how long that actually lasted in the comics. I know the MCU canon was, I think they said 70 to 80 years, but basically Steve Rogers was the only Captain America until in the comics until uh, 1987, a new character was introduced and he was first introduced as the super Patriot. Which, if you thought the title Captain America was kind of ridiculous, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit, Super Patriot's even worse. Um, but it is fairly descriptive, and Super Patriot was actually John Walker, and this is his original incarnation. He's actually stayed very true, fairly true to this to this character, this origin, and the MCU was was relatively faithful. There, there were some creative liberties taken that I don't think made him or the story any better, but from 1987 to 1989... Basically what happened was Steve was getting a little older, getting a little disenchanted with America and feeling like it wasn't necessarily something he wanted to do anymore and or be the sole representation of the country. And the government basically chose John Walker, who who was a veteran. He was raised in the South. He was a veteran. He had a fairly non-impactful uh, military career. And then wanted to make more of a difference, sought out the power broker, gained superpowers, and then effectively auditioned to be Captain America. He knew that somehow kind of knew that Steve was on the way out and he wanted to replace him and started solving crimes, saving people. And then also to up his, his publicity, also started like staging incidents and then, quote unquote, solving them. So, so obviously from the very beginning is, is a flawed man. <clears throat> Which, which I think are, are things that reasons why people will not fall in love with John Walker. And what's interesting with the MCU is I feel like they wanted you to not fall in love with him, but didn't give you any of this. 
They didn't yeah. give you the reasons to. They told you that he was the greatest soldier in American history. And they were like, yeah, yeah, but you're not supposed to like him. Which is kind of difficult because uh, you know, on screen he hadn't done anything wrong. And there was no implication really that his, his military history was checkered. Or it was kind of that he was fake in any way. So I think kind of going through his comic book origin and then seeing how they decided to adapt it was, was interesting to say the least. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm, I think the biggest thing for me with John Walker is we, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit at nauseum just because of how much he's involved in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? But I wanted to see – I would have been more interested in a soldier that maybe had faked his way to becoming the greatest soldier and that's where he gets the recognition. I think there would have been more of a story for that, and then it becomes a, redem- a redemption ar- that I cannot speak, a redemption arc where it's, I faked my way to get here, but now that I have a title of Captain America, what can I do with it? I think that would have been a story I would have been more interested in than, we have the greatest soldier, but he kills this guy, but then now he's going to be a good guy still. We, still. we want you to not like him, but we also don't want you to hate him because we want to put him in another show. So I think the adaptation wasn't quite there. I think they should have stuck more true to his character. I mean, as you said in the comics, that's what they've done. And I think he has, he's one of those characters I feel like he does have a cult following. It may not be huge, but he's got people that really like him and are behind him. Like you. <laughs> I think with U.S. Agent, you know, I I don't like a lot of, in, in the comics and just um, in TV and and movies in general, I don't really like a lot of the, the the ways that military members are portrayed. I think they're very, very one-dimensional. Um, there's a lot of exceptions, but the way I see U.S. Agent is very similar to the way I would say um, Chris Kyle in American Sniper is, is seen. And for those of you that may not know, mm-hmm. it's the movie with uh, Bradley Cooper, but it's based on an actual uh, Navy SEAL named Chris Kyle. Uh, who unfortunately and sadly ended up uh, dying in a tragic, um, I wouldn't even say accident, but anyway. Shooting. Yeah, in in a shooting. Um, But if you read his account, American Sniper, the story, I mean, a lot of his stuff comes off as very, very, uh, almost, almost makes you cringe at the wording that he uses. Very patriotic, but at times questionable things that he says. But nonetheless, he is a hero and, and and did a lot for this country, did a lot for not just serving in in the military, but when he came back home and, and helping people with PTSD and, and other issues, um, very much I would consider a hero. But yes, had, had uh, a lot of flaws, um, a lot of questionable things. And I do, I do respect uh, U.S. agent overall as a character because I think he's he's supposed to be portrayed that way. But I think a lot of people going into it um, may have kind of like this bad taste in their mouth, um, mm-hmm. not understanding maybe the, the dimensions within that character. Well, so I totally agree. I think, I think comparing him to a real life um, member of the military who, who was very prolific and then did end up going very mainstream is a good way to go about it. For all of the reasons that I'm not a fan of Captain America, I am a very big fan of John Walker. And I think it's important to note that I don't think every character that we can love in comics is because they are exact representations of us. Because I think there's a, I have very little in common with John Walker other than maybe where we were raised. 
But what I find very interesting about him is where I feel like Cap is not a real person. I feel like John Walker is. And I feel like John Walker is a real person who was given the burden of filling the shoes of a of a deity, essentially. I mean, Captain America in the comics, this is a world where gods exist. and But, I mean, Steve Rogers is basically a god. He's basically a flawless man. Every decision he makes is baked into the plot as being the right one. And then they say, okay, John, you're going to be Captain America right now. Except he's not given the flawless decision-making as a characteristic. And he makes a lot of mistakes. And he's aggressive. He's passionate. He's a super patriotic man who ultimately is trying to do the best he can. He's a little bit racist. That's definitely something that was heavier at the beginning. And he like kind of visibly works through that as the comics go. And I just finished his most recent run today. And he's starting to see some very, very obvious growth. I'll put it that way. He's he's basically gone from being an operative of the U.S. government to, to a full-fledged superhero, which which is cool because I think, again, not a perfect person, is fired constantly. Like, he's fired as Captain America because he's basically overly aggressive. And as we saw, the government... The government basically wants a superhero, not a not a not a soldier, and yet they they chose a soldier to fill the role, and that that's that was true to the comics to a certain extent. So the current run has him actually fired as U.S. agent, and you're thinking like, oh, this is because John Walker, you know, he's an idiot. He effed things up. He probably effed up this gig that he had. And then you actually come to find out that that when given the title of U.S. agent, it was like, hey. You're the guy that gets your hands dirty. You're just going to do whatever we tell you. And, you know, he is, still has a moral compass. This is a guy that strives openly to be Captain America and thinks openly at times, what would Steve do? Like, that literally comes up in Thought Bubbles in his comics. And he found himself in a situation where the government said, basically, stop these protesters on the beach. They're peaceful, but stop them. And he was like, well, hold on. Can't we just wait them out? They're not doing anything. And basically, the government fired him because he didn't basically get violent with them. And so he's so he's fired as U.S. agent and then ultimately comes to the aid of the United States again. And basically, it's a Midwestern town that's under attack. And the government says, eh, we're not going to hire you again because we feel like you're more you're more effective as an unofficial agent. So he's demoted like again <laughs> below U.S. agent. Right. Where he's completely like off the books. And yet he's starting to develop as a character. And I think that's more realistic. I think that's a more realistic representation of a person is his growth, his starting to become a better person, is moving past his over-aggression, his, his racism. And, and I think he almost mirrors America better than Steve does, if we're being honest. I mean, he was overly traditional. He was discriminated against people at the beginning and, and starts to develop and get better. And, and I think America is trying to be better. So when I think that's an interesting comparison to make. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things you said that I'm interested in uh, is this idea of he's the next kind of progress for America. Again, we're taking this idolized Steve Rogers, and now it's hard to include Isaiah Bradley into that in the sense because, I mean, he wasn't Cap for a long period of time. We give him the title as Captain America because of the heroic acts that he completed wearing the suit. But the next one we see really is John Walker. And so we see that progression of, okay, now we have the height of racism. We have these things going on. Let's move the progression forward and see what we can do with this character who isn't the idolized character that Steve Rogers is. Um, on the other side, no. So basically what I want to see is he has a U.S. agent thing on his shield. I want to see the next one that says unofficial agent. I, I don't know how that – I don't know how the marketing would go for that if you were to brand that. 
Well, it's it's funny as he in this comic, this newest run, he keeps breaking his shields, and it's because they took his vibranium one away, and so he's making his own, and he like falls out of a plane and falls on it, and he goes, "Dang it, I'm running out of shields." <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, when he he stops the new U.S. agent, and he basically t- grabs the shield and walks away. And then they call him, and he's like, so did I get my job back? And they're like, no, you're more effective, completely off the books. And he's, he's like, fine, but I'm keeping the shield. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so off of that, I think the next one we should probably get into is Bucky Barnes. And I'll be honest, I was a little nervous about comparing John Walker and Bucky because I thought before I had read up on Bucky more in depth, for this episode, I, I was worried that he and John Walker were going to cover a lot of the same ground as far as what they represent. And they actually don't. Um, I had a very misinterpretation of Bucky Barnes. So this week, I did a little bit of research on Isaiah Bradley, but what I really want to dive into was Bucky. Um, I tried to avoid the MCU at all costs and really dive into his character. Uh, so some of the things that I found out about him that I thought was really interesting is I didn't realize that he was around from the first issue. So he's in Captain America Comics issue number one. He's known as his teenage sidekick. I'm sure this was as a direct parallel to Batman and Robin. They wanted to have kind of a sidekick to be by his side the whole time. Um, He's basically a military brat, was adopted by a military base after his parents were killed. Classic story. Um, Receives training for a very short period of time, maybe two, three weeks in England to join the Allied forces. And they tell him he's the best fighter they've ever seen. So they send him out to fight with Cap, and Cap kind of takes him under his wing. So you see them having these adventures. Um, other things that I was aware, wasn't aware was aware of is that from the beginning, even as Cap's sidekick, a lot of the times the government would have Bucky go and do side missions without Cap, that they couldn't have somebody with the title Captain America on, using air quotations. So he did a lot of under-the-table type things because it's what the government asked him to do because they couldn't have somebody as high profile as Captain America going and doing assassin assassinations essentially. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, Another interesting thing about him is they also created him in publication and then in the Marvel universe as a counter to the Hitler youth. So it was kind of this idea of, okay, we've got the Hitler youth. Bucky's the opposite of that. He's the all American kid. So a lot of these points they, they contribute to the conversation a little bit, not necessarily that him as Captain America. We'll get into that. But I think it's important to understand his background is very different in the comics. Uh, he's not the same Bucky Barnes that you see in the movies. Uh, and that's kind of why I want to dive into it. I also thought um, a couple other interesting points that I found out while reading this is that he and Black Widow have a very intense romantic relationship off and on, uh, which I wouldn't have expected. And another cool thing is that he was one of the first deaths that actually stuck. Um, We kind of, for a long time, there were three people that never came back from the dead in comics. And it was Bucky Barnes, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben. Those were kind of like the three people you couldn't bring back. And now two of the three have been brought back. So we'll see how that, we'll see if Uncle Ben comes back as a villain someday. But until then, Bucky was basically dead for, from 1964 until 2005. I do think one of the things that's interesting about him that I think is probably one of the biggest differences with him and John Walker is that a lot of what he does in the end as the Winter Soldier, a lot of his regret becomes from that, right? Um, when he takes on the shield as Captain America, it's right after Civil War. Captain America had just been killed. He's not actually dead, but whatever. Um, so he takes on the role for about 20 issues. What year is this that he becomes Cap? 2010. Okay. 
Oh, so like he's been so he's been back alive for like five years before he becomes cat. Yeah, so he'd been Winter Soldier for a while. Um, we kind of seen him in that role, and now you see him in this role as Cap. And the biggest thing that I think he represents, as far as America goes, one of the things I thought of was so Cap is kind of representing the Greatest Generation, right? The World War II generation, whereas everything was black and white. And Bucky's life hasn't been that way in the sense of he's been asked to do some questionable things. He did it without really having a choice. And now he has to take on this role, take on the legacy that the greatest generation has left for him, and he doesn't feel qualified to do so. So the biggest thing that he fights with is this idea of, I want to do things like Cap would want me to do. He essentially doesn't want to do the role, but Iron Man found a letter from Steve Rogers to... um, from Steve to Iron Man that basically says, hey, take care of take care of Bucky. And Iron Man thinks that that's the best thing he can do for him is let him take on the role of Captain America. So Bucky kind of reluctantly takes it and does a lot of good work, uh, but he doesn't ever get fully accepted. And I think we can see that with the generation after the greatest generation, right? I mean, we have things like Nam and things like Korean War, things that in our history that maybe aren't as black and white and – a lot of veterans maybe don't get the same same respect that they deserve uh, because of the questionability of what was going on in the war. But another thing that he represents is, I mean, with just this idea that, okay, I may not have the cleanest past, but I still have to do what's right. And he feels the best thing he can do is to take on the role of Cap and to honor him. So I, I like that it's this idea of legacy, this idea of I'm not him, I'm not trying to be him, I'm just trying to do him right. So I, I personally was impressed by him as Captain America. I found him more relatable than I thought I would. Uh, he's also really cool when he goes into fights. Side note, he's very much talking like, I'm used to you know being an assassin, but I can't really take things head on. So I can't go into a fight, guns blazing. How am I going to do this? So he has a different approach, which I like. What's your guys' take on kind of the Bucky that you see in the MCU and with what you've read? Do you, do you think that he is kind of this legacy to the greatest generation or what's your guys' take on him? I think he's, to be honest, I think he's done, like, was done a little, like, uh, what's the phrase? My goodness, I'm drawing a blank. I, I, he reminds me of, I think it was Wally West that we had talked about where it's like this great character, but kind yeah. of done dirty by the writers at times. Um, and doesn't allow allow for that natural progression or maybe the momentum from from fans to really get the credit that he deserves or or the limelight that he deserves. I'm, I'll be honest, uh, I hate to say this, Bucky doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, I don't think it progresses or opens the scope of people that are able to relate to Captain America, which is a problem. And we see that kind of dealt with much more appropriately, I think, with when Sam becomes Captain America. I think Bucky is <clears throat> essentially an extension an extension of Captain America. I mean, it's not unlike if if Nightwing were to become Batman, it feels very much in the same vein. I mean, I do appreciate the change up, and I think he's he's more of a real person than Steve. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just tainted by the MCU, where I think Bucky is just honestly just a wet blanket. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair assumption with the MCU. I'll be honest. I, I kind of went into this with that same idea. Uh, but after reading his time as Cap, again, I was I was honestly shocked because I did relate to him more than I thought I would. 
uh, I think he is very different from Cap in the sense that he does have a darker past. He's not ideological. He's not trying to be this holier-than-thou type type character. It's very much, I'll do what I'm asked. I will kind of work behind the scenes as much as I need to. Um, but in the end, I have to do things my way. So he's doing it out of a sense of redemption. He's doing it out of respect for Cap. He really doesn't want to be Cap. He kind of just wants to settle down. But he knows that he has to do what's what's best for America, and he thinks that that's what it is what's best for him. Uh, so I, I I see where you're coming from this idea that he's a wet blanket. I he's still not my favorite character. I found the Isaiah Bradley stuff way more interesting, but I I liked his interpretation. I do also think that it's some cool things with his fighting style, and they change it up so it doesn't just feel exactly like Steve Rogers. His dialogues are very different. He's um, much more down to earth and again just not holier than thou he's just a guy who's trying to do what he thinks is right but he makes a lot of mistakes along the way and he constantly feels kind of this brooding feeling of oh i'm not worthy for this i've done this and this and this which is an interesting idea with winter soldier i can kind of understand because of all the things he's been through and what he's done but in the same aspect it goes back to what we talked about falcon winter soldier which like can we please stop getting mad at him for something he did while he was hypnotized and under ice. It's uh, that's my biggest issue with him. And it comes up in the comics too. He feels so bad about everything he's done. It's just like, Hey dude, like I get it, but are we really going to hold you accountable for this? Like why? Yeah. I think like that's just a weaker version of us agents struggles with morality. I think again, like yeah. it's hard to relate to because it's not really his fault. And yet we have to talk about it over and over. I'd rather relate to a person who actually makes mistakes and then has to deal with the actual consequences. Like, even in the MCU, that even in Falcon Winter Soldier, that was such a weak... I mean, we had to watch him struggle with that for six episodes, and it... I mean, none of those people would even blame him for what he did, and yet he's sitting there and he can't even talk to them. It was very... It was painful to well, watch. I think it's poor writing in a lot of ways, too. Back to the MCU, I mean, Iron Man, how angry he gets at him. It's just like, I just... Ugh. There's no understanding about the fact that he was hypnotized. Like... People getting mad at John Walker, although it was very extreme on the writer's perspective, at least it was, you did this. Whereas, yeah, it's like, no, you didn't. You were under control, but we're still going to get mad at you for it. So, <laughs> being mind controlled. <laughs> yeah. So, let's give him a little bit of credit. But again, I, I like the story. Also, something interesting. This is just a random side note. His suit's really cool. Um, it's a very different material. So his suit is enlaced with adamantium. And I double checked that. It's not vibranium. It's actually an adamantium suit to help protect him. So he's got a very different design rather than like the scaly suit of Captain America. And I like the distinction between the two. I think he's uh, ultimately a good Captain America. But in the end, he doesn't keep the mantle for more than 20 issues. So kind of tells you what, he, what, what happened in his story. He took care of Red Skull once. Um, kind of makes amends with a few people here along the way, but it's nothing too crazy, to be honest. Yeah, and with that, I think it, this is a good transition because talking about um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Sam Wilson is the current Captain America. And in the comics, he was Captain America in, in 2015. Um, so... Similar to Isaiah Bradley, Sam Wilson's uh, origin story in the Marvel comics is very stereotypical. He's like grew up in Harlem and was kind of like this hoodlum. Totally different from the MCU version of of Sam Wilson. And um, I mean, there's reasons for that. And it, those reasons are, are pretty obvious. Um, but anyway, 
what's worse is they decided to write in this second persona that Sam Wilson was called Snap Wilson, <laughs> who's this alter ego. I will not get into explaining that because it is beyond confusing. All you need to know is that it's extremely stereotypical, like even worse, because he's like, he's this mobster persona, um, drug dealer, gangster, like everything you could l- label him. And it was done by Red Skull. So, sorry, really quick. I'm just, I wanted to get clarification on this because I was interested. So Sam Wilson is Sam Wilson. Where does Snap Wilson come from? Is it another version of Sam or is it like a persona that he invents to fight crime? Like, where does it come from? No, Red Skull plants this idea in Sam Wilson's mind that he has this other persona called Snap Wilson. I don't understand the reason for it, but for some reason they kept it on and kept bringing it up in various issues and stuff. I will say, so as I brought this up with Isaiah Bradley, I will say what Marvel does really well is they embrace their past. Um, I mean, Sam Wilson was written in like, I think the er mid sixties or or late sixties. So times are different um, and they're not trying to hide from it. Just like they're not trying to hide from, from Isaiah Bradley's origin story. If, uh, if he doesn't make a dinner reservation as Snap Wilson at some point in season two, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> so off of that, they actually already did an homage to Snap Wilson in season uh, one. The, it's, it's really light, but they didn't straight up call it Snap Wilson. But it's when he they go to Madripoor and he plays the role of a mobster. Like they the call really, him Snap? I don't, they don't never call him Snap, but it's just this idea of like being a mobster and having those types of personalities that are so stereotypical. That was wow. their homage to Snap that's, Wilson. Yeah, that's interesting. Really? Confirm that. Yeah. Oh, that's why I, I was curious because I read that and I was like, "What is this?" Like, again, it's an homage to what? So, i that's why I was interested in kind of you bringing it up again. Yeah. Somehow that has to do with Red Skull <laughs> convincing Falcon to kill Captain America. Very, very confusing. So, if you want to learn more about that, do a deep dive into that. But. <laughs> What's awesome, what is awesome about Sam Wilson is later in an issue, um, there's a U.S. government liaison named uh, Henry Peter uh, Gyrick, and very complicated characters, just evil, but there's kind of a reason for it. Um, And so he's basically told that he has to recruit a black superhero um, by the government, and so he picks Sam Wilson, and... Sam Wilson doesn't know this, but as soon as he he finds out that he's basically a token, or not basically, he's a token, um, he's just like, yeah, I don't want any part of this. And first opportunity, he quits, doesn't want to be an Avenger. That's a very interesting thing you could talk about with affirmative action or the Rooney rule in the NFL, where like that's a problem we have probably started in like the mid-2000s. The best example is the NFL. The NFL literally, you have to you have to interview a certain number of African American candidates before making a hire. Even if you already know who you're going to hire, you have to interview them anyway. And so every once in a while, a coach will interview, and they'll say like, "I like literally like offended." I could just tell that I was the token interview. So it's it's like a problem that's still happening. Right. So what's interesting is this was actually written a decade after he was introduced in Marvel. So it was in 1979. So it's oh. it's kind of crazy that so far back i thought it was something way more recent um but written in 1979 with him acknowledging the fact that he was a token and um kind of rejecting that um is kind of cool i think personally um 
So with that, and that kind of speaks volumes to um, Sam Wilson's personality. Um, he's not influenced or swayed by anything outside of his own values. Um, and there's a lot of times where he disagrees with Captain America. Um, and But he also gets along with everyone. Like he's, he, he really does well in, with the Defenders, the Avengers, in any team up. Um, and in the comics, just as well as in the MCU, he's kind of um, portrayed as this social worker who who does a lot of great um, relationship building with, you know, on a personal level and also through organizations, through the government. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's probably the one and only thing that they've pulled from the origin yeah. with, with Sam Wilson. Um, between the the comics and the the MCU, well, even in the finale of Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier, excuse me, you could tell that they wanted to pull that idea that he's not afraid to try to solve problems in roundabout or more peaceful ways. I think the execution was lacking. I think we've discussed that at depth. You know, it was five minute lecture to a senator on a bridge just didn't resonate cinematically or. Maybe it was the writing, but I personally appreciate what they were trying to do, whereas they were trying to put him as a character in a different light and show you like, okay, in a world of people punching things, Sam Wilson is one of the few people who wants to solve things peacefully. And I think that, like you said, that is very true to his comic book character. And I appreciate that. Yeah, he's much more he's much more of a, a diplomat for sure. I also think Falcon represents a cool thing in history, not just comparing him to Steve Rogers, but comparing him to Isaiah Bradley in the sense of, I mean, okay, we're comparing an African-American back in the 40s to what he went through, what he went through to try to be seen as a hero, to now Falcon being recognized as a full-on hero, doing great things, being different from Cap, and kind of going about things his own way. I think that's one of the greatest symbols for him, to be honest. Yeah, I what I do um, as I mentioned before with Steve Rogers, he's kind of the the mirroring those traditionalists in America who are kind of afraid of change and want to keep the old American pie and baseballs, the classic sport, and all of these things. Is Sam Wilson, although he's not on the other side of the spectrum, like he's not a trendsetter, he's definitely that vehicle that's pushing and progressing forward of you know, taking these traditional ideas and saying, you know what, there's, there's ways we can correct this or we can, you know, he's very much the, the compromise between those that are wanting to stay traditional and those that are wanting to, to, you know, push the envelope or change or progress. Um, and, and sometimes that's not great, right? Progression just for the sake of progression isn't, isn't always great in, in any situation, but I think, Sam Wilson does a really good job of being able to to um, play kind of in the middle between those two fields. Yeah, and I think Sam Wilson officially became cap in 2015, right? So basically until six days ago, he was the newest Captain America uh, chronologically in the comics, uh, which was fitting, right? Until, you know, as the MCU kind of mirrored that and let him take the mantle, and that's going to be exciting moving forward. Uh, I, I do say six days ago because the newest Captain America comic dropped 
And I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's called The United States of Captain America. Uh, sort of a team-up comic where Steve uh, has a steel sho- shield stolen by an impersonator who is dressed as Cap and is obviously super-powered and recruits, in issue one, recruits Sam to help him out. And uh, long story short, they end up coming across this character, Aaron Fisher, who is dressed as Captain America, wielding a homemade shield. And he's a smaller kid. He's probably in his teens. And he, they kind of say, you know, explain yourself. Why are you running around uh, acting like Captain America? We've got an impersonator who's actually hurting a lot of people. You know, this is a dangerous time to be doing this. And he explains kind of his origin. And he is... Uh, he was being he was judged by his parents for coming out as gay and basically ran away from home, uh, joined a group of people who kind of live on uh, they basically describe it as living on the railroads. And he kind of travels from town to town, meeting new people and started to realize that this group of people that he joined up with faced a lot of discrimination and kind of took on the unofficial mantle of Captain America and does a pretty good job protecting these people, despite being fairly small in stature, having no enhancements, obviously, and no formal training. And what's neat is, um, while obviously skeptical at first, Steve, you know, within a couple minutes of hearing this this story and then seeing Aaron compose himself very well in, in kind of a battle, and actually Aaron even gets shot, and he pretty quickly earns Steve's respect as as a Captain America, and he basically gives him his blessing to continue to don the mantle and continue to protect those people that are important to him. And I thought, you know, what a perfect time to come across this comic book as we're talking about the different representations of Captain America over different time periods. And you look at the newest Captain America dropping in 2021 being, you know, LGBT being younger gen, you know, obviously is a gen Z. What are we on? Gen Z. Um, you know, he's run away from home. He's very independent. And these are all things that, that tons of different people are going to be able to relate to, um, much more so than a uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed super soldier from the 40s, if you catch my drift. And I think that's a very interesting debate to have in and of itself. Yeah, I think going back to our discussion with Nick last week, um, it kind of come back to this idea of, we want more representation of more diverse characters, not necessarily just LGBTQ, but different stories that need to be told. So I like the idea of uh, an LGBTQ character taking on the role of Captain America and is going to give us a very diverse story. As we mentioned, John Walker and Bucky kind of provide that. I think prior to this, Sam Walker, Sam, sorry, uh, probably identified with that more than any of the other characters, especially being an African-American rather than being another white man. Um, but again, by adding in this other diverse aspect, it's going to be cool to see what they do with this moving forward. Um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of, I speculate there's going to be a lot of contrast with him coming across some old timers who maybe don't accept him as cap. And it's, I could see him progressing and becoming a very long-term character in, in Marvel, to be honest. So it'll be cool to see what they do with him. Well, I, w- I will be honest. I, I'm not hundred percent sure that he, how much more screen time he'll get. It was kind of interesting. The final panel does kind of a bio on him and then almost acts as a wanted ad. There's even a little part at the bottom where it says, uh, if you come, you know, it does like a bio, it does his role where he's located kind of introduces them to this underground network of Captain America's. And then has like, if you've ever read a comic book at the end, it says, basically, if you write to us, let us know if it's okay to print. And then this one basically said, if you come across any other 
uh, undercover Captain America has let us know and then say, uh, uh, okay, to print or basically whatever. So it's kind of interesting. He might be very short-lived and just one of many different Captain Americas, but go ahead, Pete. Yeah, so one thing off that that is interesting that I could see happening. So in, in DC Comics, something that this kind of feels similar to, there's a book called We Are Robin, where basically there's a bunch of street kids that take on the role of a Robin team, and they all have different roles. There's like 20 of them. And they're kind of going about doing very small-time heroic acts and doing it in the name of Robin. They graffiti anytime that they do anything. And it, it kind of has that same feel to me that it might not be a, a big character. He might not necessarily be fighting sorry warriors but i do think it'll be interesting to see if they can even just explore him doing some small time acts i'd i'd be interested in that kind of story to be honest because i think fighting on the streets in new york is just as interesting as fighting big time villains i mean honestly i think it comes down to anything else if the guy starts trending on twitter yeah and and gets you know a bunch of fan art we'll see a lot more of him and if he doesn't then we then we won't uh, so hashtag Aaron Fisher, just, just throw it on everything and we'll get more of him, I guess. I'm not sure how much more we'll see of him, but it would be cool. And I think at the very least that United States of Captain America has given me hope that we'll see a lot more people pick up the mantle. And that would be kind of a first for legacy characters. Actually, holy crap. Interesting side note, the current run of Thor did something very, very, very similar where Mjolnir got passed among a bunch of random people. And whether they were worthy or not, they were all given the power of Thor. And actually, there was this really cool one that I really liked. He was like a guy who was a mechanic and he had served a bunch of time in prison for stealing cars, I think. But he had basically become, you know, kind of cleaned himself up and was was just a mechanic, humble guy. And he was armed. He had like all these tattoos all over his arms. And then when he picked up Mjolnir, he turned into a Thor. But it was like a Thor with all of these Norse runic tattoos all over his arms. And it was super sick. His design was awesome. But at the end of it, he was basically like, um, can I just go back to my life now, sir? Like, you can have your hammer back. <laughs> so anyway, interesting that they're kind of doing those two things at the same time within a year of each other, like a legacy Captain America and then like a legacy Thor, which weren't like big time legacy characters. Like, they're not like Flash. And, and then to wrap this up, I wanted to talk about one more character who is kind of unofficially Captain America. His name is Kiyoshi Morales, and he is basically brought into a comic book called the Captain America Corps, which is where a group of Captain America, basically people who filled that role either in the past or in the future, uh, come in to help Steve Rogers uh, in a bind. And he is brought in. He is a gigantic man, like literally portrayed as being like seven, maybe seven and a half feet tall. He's huge. He towers over John Walker, who's also huge. And... He is basically his his uh, moniker is Commander A, which was interesting, and you don't know much about him. He except he's from the future, he's from twenty fifth twenty fifth century, until <clears throat> John Walker makes kind of a racist comment, and he basically says like, "So you're telling me that in in four hundred years, Captain America is like a Hispanic Asian, and." Kiyoshi Morales kind of puts his hand on his shoulder and then John Walker's like, oh, sorry, man, like no offense. And he's just like, I'm also Native American. And just so you know, when your ancestors got to the United to America, mine were here waiting for them. It's kind of this like <laughs> mic drop moment where it's like, man, it's just like a reminder that like, man, what an oversight that we don't have like a legit Native yeah. American Captain America like that I feel like is all these different progressions that Captain America's made. And I feel like we should have at least at some point had that, that group represented 
behind the shield. But maybe this is their attempt to do it. I thought I thought it would be until I did a little more research and found out that he doesn't really exist outside of this run, which is kind of disappointing. But I think it's an interesting – it brings up an interesting kind of thought process of this is Marvel projecting into the future of what America will look like and what – representing America with Captain America will look like it first of all had a different name. It didn't say America. So that was interesting, but also it was a very diverse person who was, you know, basically three distinct heritages combined into one. And, you know, that's a pretty far cry from the blonde haired, blue eyed Captain America of the forties. And I think that was intentional. Yeah. I, I love this idea to be honest. I think going LGBTQ is one thing. I think even going racial is a completely different thing. To be able to have somebody who is so diverse with their own background is a completely different topic. It brings up a lot of different points. One of the things I like most about it is, I mean, the U.S. is known as a melting pot, right? So, I mean, look at New York, which is 40% of immigrants, right? There's no 60% live there permanently, but most people have come from other places. So this idea of Captain America being blonde hair, blue eyed isn't really the America that we live in. Uh, we live in a very diverse America with different cultures, uh, different belief systems, and essentially Captain America should represent all of those. I get you can't do that with one character, but I, I like the idea of seeing characters like Kyoshi, like Aaron. This Kyoshi character is actually super interesting to me because I like the idea of representing uh, a section of races that really hasn't been represented. We really haven't talked about a lot of Native American superheroes, and the ones that we do talk about are pretty stereotypical. Um, they're, they're usually, unfortunately, most of them are stereotypical. Yeah. It's usually them wearing basically what you'd expect them to wear with feathers and shooting bows and arrows. It's very, very stereotypical and doesn't really provide much conversation. So I, I like the idea of seeing this future being projected that, Hey, we're, we're hoping to have more representation from diverse characters and really representing what America is about, which is a diverse background coming together to accomplish great things yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he ever shows up again i think yeah i think they've made it pretty clear what direction they're going to go with captain america and a guy like kyoshi morales may not be in the cards but there were a couple of other future type captain americas in that captain america core one of which was shannon carter who we've discussed a little bit off air uh, she was american dream they didn't go into a lot of detail with her but she she didn't ever officially take the mantle of captain america so it's interesting now that so many – it appears like so many other characters are going to officially, officially, unofficially take on the role of Captain America. But basically, you know, if Cap, see, if Cap thinks that they're worthy, they'll probably get his sanction uh, in, this, in this new United States of Captain America run, which will be interesting. Um, that, that kind of wraps up our list of characters who have taken on the legacy role. I do want to discuss the – the mantle of Captain America as a whole. And I'll refer to him as he, even though obviously other characters have, have portrayed the character, but what do you guys notice as we've discussed this and we've laid it out chronologically, it's pretty obvious that Captain America is changing over the, has changed over the years and, and looks like he's changing now. What do you guys notice as the trend being what Joe, what do you, what do you think? How are you noticing him change is picking up speed what what are, you, what are your thoughts in general? Yeah, I think with Marvel, I think they've just realized kind of what we've talked about that, you know, with Steve Rogers, it's just unrelatable, right? It's it's difficult, especially nowadays. It's hard 
it's hard to find people that can really like relate to Steve Rogers um, on such a personal level. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it's, it's slowly going from this, this kind of us versus the world mentality or kind of this, this larger paint stroke to a very more internal personalized version. Um, I mean, you look at Aaron Fisher and Kiyoshi Morales, I mean, just those two characters cover such a such a large aspect of our society today, with uh, mixed families, and I mean, um, Aaron Fisher being part of the LGBTQ community, um, being part of the Gen Z community, which you know, there's they're probably and maybe the spotlight's on them just because you know that transition and the way that social media. Uh, us millennials, I guess, had our had our limelight, and now it's theirs. Um, so they're kind of the center of attention as far as marketing and kind of delivering these messages. And you know, with Gen Z and definitely our generation as well, these issues of of identity and and really understanding and knowing and and finding who we are. Um, I think that's that's really the transition it's it's going into. It's not this idea of a nation but more of an idea of of who we are as an individual person yeah i think off of that i think i completely agree i think this idea of broadening the spectrum right i think it's one thing to say okay how can we make steve rogers more of a diverse character you can only do so much with that what you need to do is bring in new characters that are going to naturally just cover new ground so Aaron does that, Kyoshi does that, Sam does that. They're covering grounds that really haven't been touched and can't be touched by Steve Rogers. And if they were to be touched, it would just feel out of place. So the most important thing that I, I believe Captain America is trying to do with that title is say, how can we broaden the spectrum to really represent America as a whole? What is America? Who are we? How can we represent everyone? Not just a majority or a minority that we see. Uh, I think this is an interesting idea for Marvel to go because I think historically Marvel usually doesn't expand that much into new legacy characters um, and the ones they have really haven't caught on. So I'm curious to see if they're able to have these new characters kind of get brought into continuity and actually stick there enough that they can develop a fan base. The biggest way to do that, as I mentioned earlier, is to have them show up in the MCU we can get other people to kind of not necessarily take on the role. Obviously Sam's going to be doing that for a while, but we can still have room for other people who might be fighting in the name of Captain America or some other variation of that. I hate to say this, but I, I have a hard time imagining any, let's say of the, let's say 12 new Captain Americas show up in this United States of Captain America run. I have a really hard time imagining any of them stick if they're not given superpowers. I, I, yeah. I don't know if that I, you know, how much, how much can you contribute in a world of gods without superpowers, right? I mean, you basically you're either an elite military agent, and that's the that's the bottom tier basically of the Avengers, and like Natasha Romanoff is like the lowest tier. Maria Hill maybe is she even on the the scale, and then anything below that, you're just a normal guy. You know, you get straight ones in our power grid. I mean, I, I guess aside from Sam Wilson's ability to talk to birds, as if that would give no, him an edge. No, we don't mention edge, that. We, have, we didn't even bring that up. To, <laughs> as if that were to give him an edge, I mean, he's he's basically on that same level, right? He's yeah. just human with Black Dang Panther it. enhanced. I thought we did uh, the whole podcast. Suit. 
No, Sorry, I cut you was, off, but I thought we were going to do the whole podcast without having to mention that stupid telepathic was, link he has with Red Wing. But I used, but I used it as an argument for it being so ridiculous. It's not. Oh, it's awful. It was a. Gr- <laughs> I would. I was about to say it was a gross oversight that you didn't bring it up. We gave you a whole section <laughs> on Sam. But I actually think I. I will say I agree with you, but I think they've basically made it so that for some reason he's the only guy who was ever trained to fly with those wings, and that puts him in a class of his own. Without those wings, he's basically Maria Hill. And probably less impressive because she's insane. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you. But I just thinking about it and coming up with my own argument right now is like we've never seen anyone use those wings before, even though he said he was part of a squad that used them. So I don't know. But I digress. Um, let me see here. Yeah. So predictions for the future. We covered that. You know, they'll probably diversify it more. I I would imagine Sam is the newest captain america for probably our children's lifetime like our child our our children's childhoods i'm guessing they won't immediately move on from sam wilson or that would that would probably be viewed as a slight to to the african-american community and i think that's okay i think sam's earned the mantle uh both anthony mackie and the character as written so i'm excited for that I, i hope he gets his time to shine i know i saw an article on deadline that said that chris evans finally it was in may he inked a deal to, to reprise the role of Captain America, and I don't really want to see that. I, I think that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> if it's more than just for audio, for animated stuff, I'm going to be pretty bummed. Or flashbacks. or like all, it, it could be alternate like timeline stuff, but that's... You know, no, I, like, it would yeah. have to be a very, very small role. Yeah. Very small I, role. Chris is Chris Evans is a smart guy too, though. I, I don't see him really wanting to take that on. He wants to get away from that role pretty much. He's been wanting to for the past five years, probably. So yeah, I, I don't see him getting too involved. He, he threw himself into the director stuff too, so he doesn't really yeah. have time. So I agree with you, but that 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 was made official in May, so who knows? Um, as far so that's the future of that's the future of Cap. As far as who it's going to be, I did want to kind of bring this topic up. And it's something we touched on, I think, in one of my many pro-U.S. agent speeches, I guess, because, you know, you guys didn't really interject much. I just kind of kept going. But I think the conundrum between Captain America being a superhero versus being a government agent is a very interesting one. Um, and again, referring to the, the mantle itself, the, the first question let me ask both of you guys, is he a superhero or is he a government agent? What are your thoughts? Let's go with PD first. Captain America, to me, is very much a government agent because he's so tied to the government. He was created by the government. He was handed everything by the government. Everything that he does is underneath the government's name. All right, Joe, what do you think? Is he a government agent or is he a superhero? That's a really good question. I think I would have to lean closer towards a government agent, though. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I actually think he I think he is a full-fledged superhero masquerading as a government agent. I think that's why he pisses me off. Because he pretends to be a government agent, except he doesn't accept the downsides of what would come with being a government agent. Let's put it like this. He's like an employee that takes your money, that takes your gear, that takes all of your, mar- your merch, wears it, uses it, puts it to use, and then stops working for you the moment he doesn't 100% agree with what you said. Now, he probably signed a contract. It's like a pro athlete who 
wears the Nike and all of a sudden says like, oh, I don't represent Nike anymore, even though he's contractually obligated. The car he's driving was paid for by Nike. It's all this stuff. Don't you see a problem with that where he arbitrarily decides when the government who is who has created him literally literally created him when he stops when he decides that they that they're wrong arbitrarily again it's just his judgment you bringing that i actually never thought of it that way but it makes perfect sense because as soon as you said it i was just like that's exactly what it is i think i mean that's where i call that's where i get confused on the whole thing because i think he is a government agent but the issue is He's a government agent until it doesn't serve him. And then he wants to pretend like he's the owner of the world. And that's my biggest issue with him. And that's why I'm curious to see, sorry, really quick, what Falcon's going to do with the title, especially in the MCU is, okay, he wasn't necessarily created by the government. What he was given wasn't by the government. So I feel like he's going to lean more towards a superhero and he has more of a right to do that because he's he is separate from the government in that sense. But Steve Rogers is completely different. I feel like he should be a government agent and basically do what they tell him to do. Well, I, I, I respectfully completely disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> um, I mean, so let me get let me ask you this. Did Sam make his his own wings so that he could fly? Where did he get those wings? The government. They own that, him. That is the biggest difference because in the comics, it's not that at all. But based off of the MCU, yes. But I don't. But you guys are sure. sorry. Just really quick. I think this is a tangent. But I think that's what we saw as Falcon. I don't know if that's what we're going to see as Cap, though. I think we're going to see him basically as an Avenger the whole time, which is basically funded by who knows right now. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Here's the question. Here's the follow up question. Is the is Captain America a is it is it a military rank? Because it was created as a military rank. Remember, he was Captain America was Captain America. That was like a rank on par with what? Like a major, whatever. He wasn't quite a like a major, but that was literally a military rank. So if you're donning the mantle of Captain America, can you ever separate it from the government? If you can't, then it's basically you're either a puppet or you're have a rank in the military is basically what, what we're getting into. It's a paradox. Yeah. It's a, it's a paradox. These guys want to be Captain America, and yet they don't want to work for the U.S. government. And in my opinion, if we're so anti-U.S. government, which the comics often are, the U.S. government is usually one of the worst entities in comics. They're usually the bad guy that we don't even expect or not supposed to expect. Then they should make a break from that and become something patriotically themed that's not historically a military position. Right. So, okay. So we've said that we believe Did I convince you guys, are we all on board that he is a superhero? Yes. The, 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 man, the mantle of Captain America is a superhero. Yeah. They take it when they run with it as a superhero mentality. And yet what, but what it should be. So what, if someone, if someone voluntarily picks up the role of Captain America, what, have I convinced you of anything, or do you still think that they should be able to act as as they want with no responsibilities or ties to the U.S. government? Joe, what do you think? No. So it goes back so, to what you said. It's a, it's totally a paradox. You can't. You can't have the title America in your name and not be associated with the government, in my opinion. So does, I, does a title like U.S. agent, is that distinct enough? Is that still... Because it's not, not really. it's not a military rank, right? I mean, in this in this fictional world, Captain America is essentially a military rank. U.S. agent is kind of a 
it's whatever. I mean, it's pretty ambiguous. But you're still putting that. I mean, it's in the title. You're an agent for the United States of America in that title. I think well, I mean, both Ms. of them. Ms. Are the, uh, Miss America's name is America Chavez, and she goes by Miss. I, yeah, I mean, there's a slippery slope, but I guess how she's not even from the United States. Uh, <laughs> from another planet, <laughs> another reality. Hey, in America, it refers to everything, apparently, right? Not just Wor- North America. Wormhole, so who knows? wormhole alert! We're gonna go down a really long tangent. <laughs> yeah. So. So, Pete, you hit on this. So, you think MCU Sam will kind of break away from the government and become a full-on superhero in a way that Cap wanted to be but was unable to? Is that is that – did yeah. I read that correctly? Yeah, and I, I agree with you in the sense that I do think, yes, the experience, what he was created as Falcon, very much government-contracted work. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm saying is I think – what Falcon and Winter Soldier did for him was identify, I don't necessarily agree with everything the government does. I also, I'm, I don't have any contract with them as Captain America. It's not like the government handed me the shield. So in that regard, I feel like, and now that he doesn't have any equipment that technically is owned by the government, I can see him justifying, I don't need to respond to them. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. I just I think that's probably what they're going to go with. I don't see him working as closely to the government as previous times we've seen. Joe, what do you think? I think you'll take more, not a role of a diplomat, but definitely will go that route, right? Like he won't actually take on that responsibility, but his his kind of approach to things, I think would be a lot more diplomatic than, than Steve Rogers. Cause Steve wasn't not a diplomat. Steve, Steve was just a pawn though. I never felt like he was more than kind of a pawn. Is that, am I going to catch major backlash for that? Probably, but it's true. He's it was a like he it was like he didn't know how to not be a pawn. Like he wanted to be more than a pawn, but he didn't know how. And it was too entrenched. It was his whole it was literally his whole life from the age of like what nineteen, whenever he goes under this under the knife to become cap. Whereas Sam, to his credit, at least MCU Sam had retired, had moved on, was working with veterans on a, as a as a private citizen before he got back in the game and now became cap. So he may go into it with a different mindset. It, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, again, I'm personally of the mindset that you can't separate the two and the uh, captain America to me will always be someone too closely tied to the government to, to have any right to veer off at the 90 degree angle that they probably want to. And I think that's why I liked the John Walker versus captain America debate was because that, I think he was the Captain America that they deserved, which was the flawed man who bl- kind of blindly followed orders to an extent and was a complete product of their own creation, where I almost wish Sam was going to stay his own man, to be honest, and not be Captain America and tied to to another entity's desires. But we've talked a little bit about what at least comics themselves predict Captain America will look like, and I think that's like Joe said, the Aaron Fisher and the Kiyoshi Morales characters. What do you think? What do you think Captain America will look like in 2030 or 2040 as a character? Let's say, let's say Sam Wilson ages out just like Steve did. 
and they move on, who do you think they're passing the mantle to next? Or what does it look like? Joe, what do you think? So I'm kind of, I'm just going to go with what's on my mind right now. I have no idea if it's going to go anywhere, but the phrase that came to my mind, it's probably because I watched the Sandlot last night, but there's a phrase that Babe Ruth says that says, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And unfortunately, I think that these uh, kind of newer Captain Americas, and I would put Bucky in in this kind of the same list of their heroes, right? The um, Aaron Fisher and both um, Kiyoshi Morales, I think they they are heroes, but I don't think that they'll be legends. I don't think they'll live out um, and be glorified like Steve Rogers, and I would argue to say Isaiah Bradley and um, Sam Wilson. Um, I don't know exactly the reason. Like, I can't pinpoint the reason. That's just kind of, like, the feeling that I have. And maybe it is because they are too individualized, which is kind of, like, the purpose, right? But... Yeah, those are just kind of my my thoughts. Yeah, to piggyback off of that, my biggest thoughts are, I feel like when it comes to these legacy characters in the mantle, it's almost a boomerang. Steve Rogers has the Captain America boomerang in his hand and he throws it out to somebody. It kind of passes by them for a little bit and comes back to him. And that's eventually what's going to keep happening over and over again. You, you can bring in new characters, but unfortunately, looking at history, whenever they pass on the mantle, it's only for a short period of time. So whether that's a year, whether that's five years, eventually what's going to happen is Steve Rogers will have the title again. They might give it to one of these other characters, Aaron or Kiyoshi. But because of how closely tied they are, again, this legend idea, you can't have Captain America not be Steve Rogers every few years. You can do it, but comics won't. It's just not, it hasn't been done historically. I, I mean, look at Batman, how many people have held that title and it still comes back to Bruce Wayne eventually because that's where people buy. So Unfortunately, I think as, a, as great as it would be to see a lot of diverse characters get the role, it's going to be inter, intermediate between all the times that Steve Rogers has to get it to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think the point about Batman is a very, very valid comparison. And yet I think there's an important distinction because Batman isn't saddled with essentially representing a nation. Yeah. And I think that's a nation that very vocally right now doesn't feel like a white man from the 40s is their best shot at representation. I'm going to actually make a bold claim, and I think that Marvel will start to go away from Captain America. And I'm not, I don't think that they'll leave money on the table. I think they'll milk him dry. I think he'll just stop being a popular character. Because like we said, yes, it's great that Aaron Fisher picked up a homemade shield, but he's not a super soldier. He's not going to replace Captain America, not in any meaningful way. And I think that Sam isn't as strong of a character as Steve Rogers was. So I think MCU Sam will see serve his time as long as Anthony Mackie and the Marvel timeline lets you know him play the character. But I actually think by 2040, I would love to have, would love to have a follow up conversation. I think he will no longer be a pillar of the Marvel universe. I don't think they will have a market that wants to see a walking billboard for military propaganda as one of the leaders of the team. I just don't. 
Do you don't think they'll try to transition him, or do you think it's just too much history to try? It would just be... I think it comes back to my my argument a couple minutes ago is how do you uninterwine how do you unintertwine this from being a military ring? I mean, try not to get too political, but I just don't see him being I don't see that mantle being popular twenty years from now. I think America looks different and will continue to look very very different, and I just don't know that there will be a place for him. Maybe not on the front lines. Maybe he'll be like a historical character, like a you know, almost like Jay Garrick shows up in DC, where it's like, hey, there's Jay. He's an old timer. He's, you know, whatever. He's outdated. Yeah. You know, Steve will probably show up, but I just don't. Th- you already. I mean, if you and if you if you told me this isn't possible, I would say. I mean, Iron Man. It only took ten years for Iron Man to supplant him already, right? I mean, who was Iron Man 10, 20 years ago? Now look at it. It's Iron Man show. We're all just living in it. Yeah, he's dead, but like. That's he's basically supplanted him as the face of Marvel. I don't, is I don't there know. is there a character in comics that you guys can think of where that has happened? Yeah, that that would maybe, actually mean... maybe not to the the same extent where I mean Captain America is just very very well known, so there's not going to be a character like that. But um, yeah, are there any examples that you guys can think of where they've they have faded away from a character due to his lack of progression yeah i th- i mean you brought up you brought up jay garrick and i think the justice side of america is a definite one any of the golden age heroes besides basically the trinity have been pushed to the side a lot uh but the biggest difference with them is that they were pushed off into another world they said oh the justice society of america all the golden age heroes that was on earth too so that's why that's why they're not around anymore uh, as far as the company just kind of shying away and not doing as much with the character, I mean, honestly, it's just where the money is. So I, I, I see what you're saying with why Marvel might want to do that, and I can see them doing that in Captain America because I don't think he has the same following that like Iron Man has. But I think historically speaking, it, it's hard to say that they necessarily shied away from a character who's been an icon and then just kind of not necessarily stop, but not put as much money towards them because let's, let's look at it like this. Uh, this may Pete's parts of Pete may die here, but look at how many Superman movies have gotten made versus how many Batman movies. Yeah. Have gotten made. Go back to the fifties. It was the opposite, right? Or fifties, whatever, however long ago they started making Superman movies. There's been a dramatic increase in Batman movies and Superman's fading. Now I don't know how Superman's comics do sales wise, but truth, justice in the American way may not sell as well. Actually, I would, freaking love these numbers if you could pull them how does yeah, i tried to find who, who buys superman comics i guarantee you p i would bet you all the money i have in my wallet right now which is nothing uh that it's not young people like young people aren't keeping superman on the shelves and that's sad but i think that's just well, they I follow mean, a new generation of superheroes batman's the number one selling he's got like 10 titles at the same time everyone loves him so with cap again i think it's this idea of an old timer kind of dying out so I, I can see them naturally doing that with Cap, and it doesn't surprise me. But just historically speaking, I mean, we haven't seen it that much. We see it again with Superman a little bit, but just just, just not with Superman. I'm just saying he got he just moved yeah. back, a, like moved back a pedal. I would say he's even probably behind the Flash as far as like current yeah. runs, movies, screen time, TV show. Like, I mean, they they market what sells, and clearly exactly. people wanted a Flash TV show. It took a lot longer for them to get a Superman TV show. Uh, again, I mean, at least a new one. So I, 
I think that's probably the best example. And I think if, uh, if you're not selling to the extent of other people, you will slide down a rank. And I think if I could foresee cap, not selling really at all in the future, which means they would probably stop running him to the extent, I mean, he'll be a, he'll be the guy in the background, you know, he'll be, he'll be in a hot, he'll be a hot girl, hot girl, hawk man. They're always there, but they don't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens 20 years from now, right? It's kind of a hard – I mean, we can, we can make the speculation, but who knows. I, I see where you're coming from. I can definitely see it happening. If he is still around, I bet he is something like Kiyoshi Morales where he is very, very diverse. If, if he was able to stick around, it's probably because they were able to mend him, change him to, be, to reflect America more. But I, my money's not on that, to be honest. And I don't think theirs is either. They would have pushed Commander A and my, Kiyoshi Morales a lot more. Obviously, people didn't ask for more of him. <laughs> yeah, I think just really kind of wrapping this up, it's it's an interesting debate, this idea of where's Captain America going. I think it's just where are the Paragon heroes going in general? Where are these kind of Golden Age heroes going to end up? Um, we'll have to play it by ear and kind of see where the comic industry, industry goes. I do know they obviously lean into more of the flawed characters or leaning into this more modern idea, more diverse characters. Um, even characters like Batman are being revamped. Obviously, we're getting a lot more diverse characters in the MCU too. So, we're we'll see where things go. But I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? Do you guys want to wrap up, kind of discussing Captain America and how he represents America? Well, everyone, thanks for coming to our show. We really appreciate you guys listening. Um, obviously, this was always a good time, and we see you. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah.